Hey, welcome to Life Church. I'm Steve Gamble. I'm the lead pastor. And this is going to be a great time we share together because of how great God is. Come on, let's get this started. Mark chapter 3, verse 8. Here's the backstory. The backstory is that Jesus had been teaching. And so from Jerusalem to Idumea and from beyond the Jordan and from Tyre and Sidon, a vast multitude, hearing all the many things that Jesus had done, came to him. And so Jesus told his disciples, have a little boat ready for me because of the crowd. Now, Jesus was teaching on a hillside. He wasn't teaching anywhere near the shore, but, but in the hillside as the the crowd and the multitude pressed in, Jesus said, hey, Peter, you're a fisherman. Get me a little boat. Get me a little boat and get it ready for what comes next. Don't know where you're at in your journey, but coming to church on a Sunday, digging into the word of God, getting into the worship, prepares you for the unforeseen things that will happen tomorrow in your life. So you're coming, I know I'm preaching to people that, that, that know this, you're here because you know that God is the God, the great I am. You know that God is the God of all, otherwise you wouldn't have come today. For some reason you came today because you want to hear something about life that will help you get through your tomorrow. You're just not coming here by accident, you're coming intentionally. If, if, you, if you didn't come intentionally, you could have just laid in bed this morning and had a bacon sandwich. And, you know, just in the busyness of life, just decided you're just going to pull the covers over your head and not get up. But you came because you need something or you expect something or you, you believe in the ethic of continuing to come to church. What are you doing when you continue to do that? You are preparing you are preparing something for your future. The boat is a metaphor. We don't know when the storm's coming, but by taking time to set time aside for God, you are preparing something for your future. Now, I don't want to get too into this because I want, to, I want the scriptures to speak for itself, but, but this is what Jesus told his disciples. I imagine his disciples are like, why do you need a boat? We're on a hillside. We got enough work to do. We got to feed all these people. We got to take care of everybody. Jesus, we don't have time with your whims. What do we need a boat for? You know, there are times when you don't understand what God is doing. And so we have to obey God even when we don't understand what he's doing. There are times when even I as a pastor, I don't feel like coming to church. Right. There are times when I'm like that. That's a shock. I know for certain there were times when Richie Garrett and Jock James and Rich and, and all the different guys on our leadership team, they don't feel like it either. But by coming, you are preparing something for your destiny. You are preparing something that you don't know about yet. And so you're here and it will do you good. It may not happen when you're in the foyer or when you're in the Starbucks, but by the time you go home, there will be something that you will get from Jesus that you didn't have before you came. It might be reminding you of what you already know, but that's the value of turning up in a local church like this. Turning up so that you know that you're here another week, you're here through another storm, you're here moving forward. 
And so this preparation, this preparation that is so important that we, that we dig in and understand was something that Jesus was trying to get over. That's just my backstory and, and what I wanted to bring because the next scene we find is in Mark chapter 4. And now we see Jesus. He'd already taught all day. And then here we see Jesus teaching beside a lake. And as he teaches beside the lake, there were so many people coming down thronging down like like multitudes thousands of people he couldn't even stand on the shore so then jesus what does he do he gets inside the boat Woo! this boat's a boat rocker i'll tell you what and from the boat then he begins to teach i think this is amazing this is a master class in communication jesus standing on the water so that the sound could echo and reverberate from the shore so that more people could hear him. It was like natural amplification. Jesus was so brilliant in how he communicated. People were chilling out, listening to him in the sun and the sea, and it must have been a beautiful day, and the sunset was, was just setting just kind of like it always does, right out here in good old sunny Bradford. And the sun's setting and Jesus is teaching. I mean, it must have been an iconic day as Jesus taught parables. He taught the parable of the sower and the seed from this location. I mean, he must have mesmerized people with his teaching. But that's not what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about is what happens next. What happens next in Mark chapter 4, he teaches. And then in verse 35, on the same day when evening had come, he says to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus, exhausted from his teaching, he leaves the throng. And I love this little phrase. It says, the disciples took Jesus just as he was. How beautiful is that? Do you know that God loves you just? This thing is rocking on me here. Better be careful. I feel like I'm on a surfboard. Jesus takes you just as you are. Warts and all, my mom used to say. That, 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 son, I love you, warts and all. I'm like, what a horrible thing to say. I don't know if I love warts, but, but that phrase, that, that God loves us like paternally. God loves us sacrificially. God loves us completely. God sees every mistake you ever made. He also sees every mistake that you will make. And yet he loves you completely anyway. Come on, let's thank God for that. Let's thank God that... He knows that about us. Now, this is what I want to get to, verse 37. There he is, Jesus. He's sitting. He's sitting in the boat. Okay, he moves from, yeah, this is an old rickety boat. I think we found it um, in the Bradford Canal someplace. Here we go. So Jesus is sitting in the boat. There were lots of other boats with him. And the Bible says, verse 37. And a furious storm of wind, of hurricane proportions, arose. And the waves kept beating into the boat so that it was filled. But Jesus himself, who was in the stern of the boat, the stern is the back of the boat. What Jesus did next, we know the story. Jesus laid down on a leather cushion. I love the detail of the Bible. Not just any cushion, but a leather cushion. And he was sound asleep. I got my little cushion. Jesus, he, he lays down in the boat. 
The boat's like rocking from the waves and the disciples must be like, oh my gosh, these waves are like shocking us. And they're like fishermen, right? Peter's a professional fisherman and he's just like freaking out. He's like, oh my gosh, these waves are, the water's coming in the boat. What do we do? What do we do? And Jesus is sound asleep. Just like, excuse me, will I have a nap, people? Sound asleep. I think the camera is going to help us out here. We've got a camera. Yeah. Sound asleep. Can you get, yeah. That, ooh, I'm down there. There we go. Great. <sighs> Jesus puts his feet up. He's chilling. <sighs> that was a long day. And he's just like he was. He had no protective clothing on. He had no rain gear on. He's just sound asleep. <sighs> Ah, he's relaxed. He's stretching out. Okay, there's a raging hurricane storm going on. Raging hurricane storm. Not just like bad weather. No, this is something that's so, so, uh, it's like a demonic storm. It's so deep that Peter, who's a professional fisherman, absolutely freaks out in the middle of the storm. And he thinks he's going to die. He can't, you know, it's the Sea of Galilee is known for its storms and its squalls. He had been through storms. But here's what I want to teach you. I'm going to teach you three things today. And the first thing is this. How to find strength in the middle of your storm. You see, we're not immune from storm. I wish I could call this message stormproof. But I can't. But what I can call this message is storm riders. How to find strength for any storm that might be ahead. We are storm riders. We're storm conquerors, storm survivors. We're not always going to have smooth sailing with the children, smooth sailing in the office place. But the Bible will help us learn. The Holy Spirit has been given. So no matter how raging the storm gets, you will have peace in your heart and you'll be able to sleep in the center of the storm because we know that Jesus is Lord of all. Now, Peter and the disciples, they did not know this. They knew that Jesus could heal the sick. They knew that he could do tremendous things. They knew he was a great teacher. But what they didn't yet understand about Jesus was that Jesus was the Lord of the atmosphere. That Jesus was the Lord of all. This was a miracle that they'd never seen, that they had never heard of before. And what they were trying to get over is Jesus is not just human. He's not just a positive mental teacher. He'd been teaching things, but Jesus' words do not depend just on the words themselves. But there's a power, there's a divinity, there's an omnipresence, there's an omnipowerful nature of Jesus that Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples. When you're in the middle of a storm, I want to give you a tool that you can hold on to. Anyone here that's in the midst of a storm of cancer, of infertility, of challenge, of bankruptcy, of hardship, and disagreement in your marriage, whatever it might be in your life, let me give you a tool that you can hold on to that the disciples forgot. When Jesus said, we are going to the other side, that wasn't just a suggestion. That was a promise. That was the promise that, that his disciples should have held on to. I think in the storm, we get so disorientated by the rocking waves and by everything else that's going on that we lose our balance. We lose our perspective. We forget where we are. We forget who we are. 
We forget how we got to where we are. And yet, and yet here we understand this, that if we do this one simple thing in the middle of a storm, you hold on to the promise of Jesus Christ and you don't let it go. You hold on to the promise of Jesus Christ and you don't let those promises go, which means you need to remind yourself of what those promises were. You need to have a way that you're tracking, that you're writing down, that you're remembering, that you're recalling, that you're, that you're meditating on, that you're deciding in my moment that I'm decided I'm remembering the promises of God, the promises of Jesus to me. I know what this is like because when Sean and I couldn't have kids, before even I was married, this older guy who was about 20 years older than me at the time, probably about the age that I am today, he came to me and he gave me this word, this promise that says that your children will be a fruitful vine around your table. I wasn't even married yet. I was 27 years old. I didn't understand that word. But later on, guess what I went back to? When the doctor's report came in, after I got married, like six years after than that, uh, and I let some of my family know, I said, please pray for me, we are struggling. Please pray for me, we are, and I, and I widened my circle, because I was in the middle of a storm and I needed prayer support. And, and it, was, it was a little intrusive and it was a little embarrassing, but I would rather stand on the promises of God a little embarrassed, a little bit vulnerable, than to hide my own emotional feeling and go down and die in the storm. And what I learned is this, if you have the promise of Jesus and you hold on to it, you will be unsinkable. You can't go down when you have the promise of God. You'll be unsinkable in your life. And that's what Jesus was trying to get over to his disciples. And so Jesus, knowing that he had declared, we are going to the other side. Listen, we've got to be so clear about this. When, when we stand on the promise of God, there is nothing, there is no weapon formed against us that the enemy can throw at us that will prosper. And so the enemy thought, right, well, Jesus said we're going to the other side, and so he gets this hurricane thing going on. It was a perfect storm. And this perfect storm came in, the, and, and it was just amazing. I love how the Bible puts this. And, and, and what happened was Peter woke Jesus up, Wake up, wake up, wake up. And you can read this, Mark 5, around verse 36. And as Jesus is asleep, they woke Jesus up. And they woke him up with these words. I don't know what happened to my camera, but that would be great to get that back. Um, they woke up Jesus with these words. Lord, you don't even care about us. You don't even care. I mean, this is, Jesus is sleeping, so he must not care, Right? I mean, we're going through all this stuff. Surely God knows we're going through all this stuff. Why is God letting us go through this stuff? And they make the assumption that Jesus doesn't care. No, Jesus does care that what we're going through. But what Jesus has given all of us is all authority, it says in the Bible. All authority has been given to us to make disciples. What Jesus is trying to teach his disciples is you too can rebuke the storm. You too can get through this. And so what happens is they, they, they stand up in the, in the middle of this situation and Jesus wakes up and he rebukes the wind. He speaks to it. The hurricane stops immediately. And now the disciples that were fearing the hurricane winds and the hurricane rains, now the disciples suddenly shift their fear. 
Their fear shifts from fearing the circumstances of the hurricane to fearing the power in Jesus Christ. When you have a healthy fear of Jesus, everything else finds the right perspective. And there's often, we make so many mistakes. Young people, can you get a healthy fear of your Jesus? I'm not talking about like you fear that he's going to be evil or mean. That's what I'm talking about. I am talking about a healthy respect, a healthy sense that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, well, Steve, this is new. Our generation just kind of like does whatever they feel like doing. If you live your life like that, there will be a storm that will come of circumstance that you've caused all by yourself. So what I want to say is let's develop this fear of Jesus more than we have a fear of a storm. Now, I'm just talking to people right now that are in the middle of a storm. People in the middle of the storm. This is what I wanted to give you. I'm going to have to move a little quick because I'm running out of time. I want to give you some tools for this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. For anyone in the middle of a storm. You shall lie down and you shall not be afraid. You shall lie down and your sleep shall be sweet. Wow, that's a memory verse for this next week ahead. Psalm 4, verse 8. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you, O Lord... Make my dwelling in safety and in confident trust. What a beautiful thing to think about. You know, as you think about however you, your mind wrestles at night, you know, I, I get all that. I get the financial burdens. I've been through some of those things. And I know, I know when those things are rolling around your mind and they're, they're, they're distressing you and they're struggling. Remember, you're a storm rider. You're a storm rider. Other people might want to jump out of the boat and get out of the sense of, I don't want to be involved in church anymore. I want to get out of the boat, and I, I've had enough. But guess what? Those people, they will never have the story that you'll have. They'll never have the testimony of riding out the waves. I mean, what a great conversation when they got to the other side. We just went through a storm. We just saw what Jesus did. Only a storm rider has language to do that. And we're in a church full of storm riders right now. We're in a whole place of storm riders going through all kinds of difficulties and challenges. Let me move to my next aspect. Well, you might not be in a storm at the moment. So let me for a moment talk to people who have already finished a storm. There is a way that you can find strength from your previous storms. Finding strength from a previous storm is absolutely essential Jesus talked about the rock. Jesus talked about it again and again. He said, the foolish man builds his house on the sand, but a wise man builds his house on the rock. Some of those principles are bedrock principles that you have been through in your life already. And it's, it's our job as Christians to extract those principles, to remember those principles, and draw strength from those things that we've already been through. I mean, we're in a church of people that understand this. We're in a church of people. I got a, a, a letter this week from a dear saint who's a living saint in a church called Barbara in our church who wants to start a new ministry, a care ministry, caring for carers in our church who are in a, in a really difficult time in their life. And she doesn't want to just minister to anybody. She wants to minister to other people that are in a difficult situation. And she's pioneering new ministries at the grand old age of 55 plus because you never reveal a woman's age from a platform. Come on, somebody. And I love that about our house. 
There's something about remembering what God did in your life that's contagious that you have to get out. There are too many of you, too many of you that have seen God do incredible things and you're not using your own story as a weapon and a testimony. There are too many of us who have forgotten the great things that God has done in our lives. If we want to see revival, you know, in our generation, it's as simple as this. It's as simple as remembering the storms that God has already brought us through and then putting those on the tip of our tongue and be thanking God for the future. If we do that, the carpenters are going to get saved. If we do that, the gas attendants are going to get saved and meet Jesus. If we do that, people far from the grace of God will get saved. Why? Because we've simply remembered what God has already done for us. I have a book on my bookshelf. It's an answered prayer book. And I've written down answered prayers for over 30 years of my life. And some days I just get my book out and I read. I read about how I prayed for my university flat my first year at university. And I read the fact that God provided that for me. Cost me everything I had at the time. But guess what that helps me now? Helps me believe God to pay off the mortgage on the church. Helps me believe God for financial pressures. Helps me remember to teach well with integrity uh, stably and, and not to manipulate people to know that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the alpha. He is the provider. That's the lessons that I have learned in my life. How are you applying the lessons in your life? Because when you live like this, you're so connected to the promises of Jesus, you can't wait to talk to somebody. You can't wait to text somebody in your life group. And you can't wait to phone somebody up or drop off flowers or chocolates for somebody else and remind them that, that we're in the boat together, people. And finally, my third point is this. <laughs> I want to help you find strength for any storm that lies ahead. There's people that have gone through, that right now you're in the middle of a storm. And then there are other people that you just come out of a storm. But then there are people at peace right now. And I want to prepare you for a storm that's not yet even got here. But I want to be careful when I do this. Because I don't think we should expect bad things to happen. I don't think we should wake up and think, oh, I've got to get ready for a storm. There must be a storm coming. There must be another problem coming because life's a little bit easy. If you expect storms to come, guess what? They'll come. I don't want storms to come. I don't like storms. Like I said, I wish I could call this message storm exempt. Storm proof. Never again a storm. But the truth is, there will be difficulties ahead, but we don't need to fear the difficulties when we have a healthy fear of Jesus being with us. And there's nothing, there's no storm, nothing the enemy can throw at us, nothing circumstances can throw at us, nothing that will rock our boat to be able to do this. And to demonstrate this, I need Rich Martin to jump in my boat. Rich Martin is my prop person at Life Church. Just jump in the boat. Now, it's all smooth sailing at the moment, but, you know, the waves are going to come and the boat's going to rock. And look at that. You may not know this, but Rich has just been surfing. And he surfs very well. And I'm sure there is no wave. I mean, like, that's my best job here. 
No, no problem. I mean, it's like, he's like a professional, right? Now I know what you're thinking. Some of you men are like, I could rock that boat and get Rich Martin to fall to the ground straight away. That's not my point. My point is this, that no matter what the enemy throws against you, you will have everything you need as long as you stay in the boat with Jesus. Finding strength for any storm that's not yet come is simply this. Where's your track on Jesus? Where's your track on him? Do you understand where he is? Jesus is not stressed out about the problems that we have in our life. He is ready to help us in everything that we face. Thank you so much, Rich, for being my prop. Thank you so much. And here's a little test for you as we bring this meeting to our close. Last February 4th, 2017, what were you worrying about? One year ago today, what were you worrying about? What concerned you? What stressed you out? What caused you to lose sleep one year ago? If there's one person here that can remember what they were worrying about on the 4th of February in 2017, I'll be amazed. My point is simply this. Why are we worrying about things right now that we'll soon forget in a few months and years' time? You know, so by, by re-educating our lives that there's going to be a storm coming, absolutely. So here's what we do. We do this simple thing to be a storm rider. We remember Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. The peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Wherever you're at today, you put that guard up right now and you will find strength in the storm, strength from the storm, and strength for any storm in the future. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching. I pray to God that you've enjoyed that time with God today and the worship and in the word. And as you think about your week ahead, you remember how great his love is for you.